Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen. Good morning, church. So thankful for all uh, that he has done for uh, so many things that we could testify of his faithfulness to uh, this morning. Uh, To all you moms, happy Mother's Day. Uh, One thing is for sure, uh, none of us would be here without you. And we are are grateful for you. So thankful for uh, my mother who is uh, here with us this morning and so grateful for just the the way that she uh, sacrificed so much uh, when I was growing up so that I could do so many things and so so many blessings uh, along the way. I thank God for uh, my wife and the, the blessing uh, of just being able to parent together. And now uh, my, my mom uh, handed me off, and now Sherry has three kids, Hope Grant and me, uh, to, to look after. And so uh, grateful for, for her. She's actually in, in Kingdom Kids today. And, um, you know, you, you moms taught us so much. And, and really, we probably should celebrate Mother's Day like once a month or something, right? And just. Uh, recognize all that. You taught us a lot of things. I was thinking about that uh, leading up to this week. You taught us uh, about anticipation. Um, There were moments that my mom would say something like this, like, you wait until your dad gets home, (laughs) right? Uh, She taught me about prayer, right? You better pray that stain comes out of the carpet. Mom's taught us a lot of things. Uh, Some of our moms maybe taught us logic, and we say, well, why do we have to do that? And she'd say, because I said so. That's why. Uh, so, some, of you, some of you young kids, maybe you've, uh, maybe you've learned about the weather from your mom, right? Because it looks like a tornado came through your room. And you need to clean that up. Uh, they taught us about a lot of things. They taught us about justice. They said, you know, one day you're going to have some kids. And I hope they're just like you, right? I hope. They taught us about life. Some of you may have heard uh, this, and, and we thank God for the distance between uh, seats in a minivan so that like when we're growing up, like we can't quite reach back there. And so our moms, they, sometimes they could teach us about life. Like I brought you into this world. I can take you out, right? That's kind of, but you know, on a more serious note, you know, our, our moms a lot of times can be some of the ones that teach us a bit about how to process life. And you know, when I think about life, and uh, I shared a few weeks ago uh, when my son Grant was about eight, there was just a lot of things going on, and a lot of things going on with just different people connected to our family or around our family, and some really tough moments along the way, and I was, you know, trying to, to just make sure he was processing some of that okay, and I was like, hey, buddy, so what do you think about all that? And I kind of listed out some of those things, and he just responded back with that one word, right? Life. He said, Life. And we, we figure that out pretty quick, that in the midst of this broken world that we walk through some difficult circumstances, and sometimes our moms can be some of those that kind of come alongside us and try to help us process uh, some of the difficult things in life. And maybe there's moments that, as we're growing up, that they just let us kind of experience this reality that sometimes life just doesn't seem fair. Maybe some of you, if you were able just to share that, or if you were completely honest this morning, maybe you walked in to the service today, and there are circumstances that are, that are difficult that may even be connected uh, with today, with it being Mother's Day. Maybe uh, your mom has uh, gone on, uh, and, and maybe, 
maybe you walk through difficult circumstances and situations. Maybe you've lost a, a child. There's, there's so many things that can make a day like today just even so difficult. And, and it can make us be in a moment where we would look and say, you know what? Life is, is not fair. And, and as I reflected on the Word of God this week, and we're going to uh, walk through a passage in Philippians. We're walking verse by verse uh, through the book of Philippians, and we're going to be in uh, verse 12 to 18 today. And this is a passage of Scripture that, that Paul could have written very differently, that Paul could have written and said, you know what? The things that I'm going through, they're just not fair. As he thought back over his life, he could have, he could have certainly said some of those things. But we're going to see in that backdrop that Paul pins these words beginning in verse 12 to 18. And I want to invite you to stand uh, just in honor of the reading of the Word of God uh, this morning. Beginning in verse 12, and these verses will also be on the screen the Apostle Paul writes to this church at Philippi from uh, prison, from difficult circumstances, and he says this, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And, the, and that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim, it out, proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in this, I rejoice. Let's pray. Father, we, we come this morning, God, knowing, uh, Lord, uh, that apart from, uh, apart from you, God, and apart from your word, God, that we live in the midst of a broken world and we would live without hope. But God, we're so thankful that you have given us uh, your word, God, that you've given us your gospel. And as we reflect on uh, the writings of Paul to this church at Philippi, God, we are quick to see that for Paul, everything centers on the gospel. And Lord, I pray that you could allow us, Lord, to look through that lens, God, and that we could see the difficulties and the trials and the hard times that we walk through in the midst of this life. God, that we could, we could see those in light of the gospel, Lord, and that we could be reminded uh, Lord, that even in the most difficult moments that we face in this life, God, that this life is not the end and that we are not home yet, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be people who live, Lord, for the, for the, for the cause of Christ, Lord, and that, uh, that we would be proclaimers of your gospel in the midst of whatever we may face. Lord, we love you. We pray, God, if there's someone here that doesn't know you, that today they could uh, see uh, the good news of the gospel, Lord, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And Lord, they could see that Jesus died in their place and trust him for salvation. Lord, we, we thank you for the good news of the gospel. And we pray, God, uh, for your blessing on our time together. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. So here's this amazing passage of scripture. This encouraging passage of scripture written from prison to this church at Philippi. And here's Paul, and he's rejoicing in his circumstances because 
there's something greater that's happening because of it. There's a, a greater progress of the gospel through the difficult situations that he is in. And his perspective changes everything. And what we see in this passage is that gospel progress for followers of Jesus Christ equals joy. That, that there's a joy that we can have as partakers and sharers of the gospel. Paul writes to this church and he begins uh, this letter and, and he is celebrating and thanking God for them, for their partnership in the gospel. And, and in this partnership, Paul is writing to them and, and he allows them to see that even in difficult circumstances and what we understand in the life of a Jesus follower is that we can walk through hard times and we can experience sorrow, we can experience difficulty, we can experience things that we would look at and we would say these things are not good. These things are difficult and these things are hard. But God, you are good. And as we sung today, I've witnessed your faithfulness, God, and I've, I've seen your work and I trust you in the midst of these things. And Paul could have written these words and said, hey, these things that I'm going through, they're not fair. But Paul would say, it's not easy, but God is faithful. And he would give us this incredible example. He would, instead of focusing on his problems, Paul focused on the progress of the gospel. Instead of asking these questions that, and if we're honest, they, they come so natural to us, like these questions like, why? Why me, Lord? Why am I going through these things. It's easy to get maybe the Eeyore syndrome and say, man, everything I've done is for naught. Nobody cares. You know, the, it's easy for us to find ourselves in that. But Paul, Paul writes and he gives us this perspective and he said, what is God doing through the midst of the difficulties that I'm walking through? How is God providentially working in the midst of all these things to further the gospel in this world and to further his kingdom purposes in this world. And he writes to them and he says, I want you to know what has happened to me. And I want you to know because of what's happened, I rejoice. Because of what's happened, there is joy. And if you wonder what's happened, it is the progress of the gospel. Let's look at verse 12. And can I remind you this morning that, that the advance of the gospel is not hindered by hard times. It is not hindered by hard times. And Paul writes from chains. And what I want you to see is, is that what would appear to have him bound and these chains that would represent these difficulties in his life, the chains that would represent those things in our life, instead of uh, them being something that bind us, what we see in this passage is that there's a chain reaction that is for the glory of God as Paul walks through these trials. Verse 12, he says, now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul would, would describe all these things, many of the things that he went through. And what we recognize in this verse and in this passage is the gospel advances through adverse circumstances. The gospel advances through difficult circumstances, through hard times, through difficult things in our life. And Paul would write, to the church at Corinth, and he would write of his many imprisonments. He would write of being beaten, and, and the way he would describe it is that he was beaten uh, times without number. He said, I can't even count. I don't know how many times that I've been beaten. There's been often times that I've been in, in danger of death. Five times I've received 39 lashes from the Jews, three times beaten with rods. He had been stoned, three times shipwrecked, in danger uh, of, of 
of rivers and robbers and his own countrymen in danger in the wilderness, in danger on the sea, many sleepless nights, hunger, thirst, often without food. The Apostle Paul had walked through all these things. He'd been in cold and in just in all these difficult places, and his desire was to go to Rome. And his desire to go to Rome was as a preacher. But what we find is here is Paul in Rome as a prisoner. As a Roman citizen, he had the right uh, to be treated fairly. Instead, he was lied about. Instead of uh, being treated fairly, he was mistreated, and he was falsely arrested. And we could look at Paul, and then we could look at his circumstances, and we could quickly understand if he had ended up with that Eeyore syndrome. But even through all of this, he, he was joy-filled as he saw what God was doing in the midst. He saw his trials as an opportunity for the gospel to go forward. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10, and he had said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. If you're in the midst of that hard time this morning, there's, there's nothing that we could say that is any greater than, than to know that his grace is sufficient in those moments. For his power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, Paul says, I'm well content. Paul says, I'm well content with weakness. I'm well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak then I am strong. Paul says, my imprisonment, it is worked out for the greater progress of the gospel. And he has joy. Now, how could it have worked out that way? What we see in this passage is these difficult circumstances, it's caused Paul to be in contact with different people. We're going to see in verse 13, it says, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known. Notice his imprisonment was not because of uh, breaking the law or, or, or stealing or doing these kind of things, right? That, that, this, that his imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. Now, they think that they're stopping the gospel. They think that by imprisoning Paul that they're stopping the gospel, but the gospel was being sent, and it was being sent to key people, to different people. Through Paul's imprisonment, these people heard the gospel. Uh, he was under these ever-watching eyes, right, of these Roman soldiers. And the cause of Christ, what we read in this verse, the cause of Christ had become known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard. This, this gospel had penetrated into places that it would have never have gone if it wasn't for Paul's untimely, at least seemingly untimely, arrest. And these guards, they, they would have thought that Paul was chained to them, right? They would have come in and they would have thought Paul was chained to them. But what we understand is that from Paul's perspective, these guards are chained to him. And on these six-hour shifts, right, they, they got nowhere else to be, nobody else to talk to. And so here they are now in these early months, right, as they first began to be chained to Paul, I can imagine they were wondering, well, what did this guy do? Like, like I'm, I'm sure that's kind of the first question. You know, you're like, what? I wonder what he did. Maybe he embezzled some money. Uh, maybe he committed some type of uh, political revolt. Maybe he did uh, something like that, right? But as they got to know him and as they got to see people come in and talk to Paul, as they got to see him encounter uh, these guests that would come and see him and hear what Paul would share. They would listen in on those conversations and they soon found out that Paul was in chains because of Christ. 
as they would put on those chains and they would come in and talk to Paul. I can imagine that those moments, I can imagine how Paul would have taken advantage of those opportunities to speak into their lives. I can imagine as one of the, the guard shifts changed that he might have looked at them and he, he kind of swaps out and this new guard gets chained to him and he looks at him and he says, Atticus, oh, it's so good to see you. It's been so long. Atticus, how's your family? I've been thinking about them, and I know you. You shared with me that your wife, you shared that, that Claudia had been, had been sick, and she had been going just through this difficult time. If I remember right, when you were here last, that was the things that she was facing. And how's she doing, Atticus? I've been, I've been praying for her. Every day, praying that God might bring healing to her. I've been praying that God might work in the midst of her life. How's she doing, Adam? Oh, I'm so, I'm so encouraged to hear that. I'm so encouraged to hear that she's doing well. And, you know, and as you come in here, I, I have to tell you, Adam, I know that, like, you're here to guard me, but I, I have to believe that as, as God's placed you here, that he's brought you here for a greater reason. And I just want to I just want to witness to you and tell you about the faithfulness of God and what he's done in my life and, and how, I, and Paul would share his testimony, that he would share the gospel. And what we see in this passage is that the gospel advances through adverse circumstances, but the gospel also advances through the faithfulness of his followers in those adverse circumstances. You know, you think about the things that you're going through in life. It might be even the simple things, the, the promotion that you didn't get that's left you around a certain group of people and you think, you know what, I worked harder than those other people and it just doesn't seem that it's fair. It just doesn't seem that, that this is uh, going the way that it should be. It, it could be that for some of you young people, it's, you look at your schedule next year for school and you say, you know what, I don't have any friends in my class. I don't have the people that I used to hang out with. I don't, uh, you know, I don't know why I'm in this situation. Maybe it's a sickness that you've been going through. And, you know, this Mother's Day, as I think about my life and the things that have impacted my life, if I were to list out just a timeline of the things that have impacted my life mostly, there would be things that would be in that timeline that were difficult. There would be a, a car accident that uh, was a, a key moment in my life. I would uh, have times with my mom and dad and parents and things that were, were navigated in that. But there would also be a, a very key moment as a young believer where my mother-in-law... Miss Ann Gibson would, uh, would face cancer. And in the midst of those moments, I remember as a young believer, just watching her. And I watched her in the midst of some of the most difficult moments in her life testify of the greatness and the goodness of God. I remember moments where, you know, I said early in the message that it would have been very easy for the Apostle Paul to say, why me? And I can remember one day just talking to her and she said, you know, when I first was diagnosed with cancer and she had been fighting it for maybe 12 years or so before I ever came into the picture. And she said, you know, when I first was diagnosed with cancer, she said, I, like many people, said, why me? She said, I said that. But then she said, you know, as time has gone on, she said, I say, why not me? What could you do through my life? She said, I prayed that I would see. She had graduated, and I prayed 
that I would see her find a husband. And she said, but now I pray, God, your will be done and use me for your glory. And, you know, I think about Paul and these people that were chained to him. He had no idea the impact that he might have made on their life. And at the end of this letter, we see that there's the household of Caesar. He sends greetings to the church at Philippi from those of the household of Caesar. We see that the gospel had penetrated into places that you would never imagine, that you would see these moments. And Paul may have no idea what impact he would make on every guard that would be attached to him and all those things. And sometimes if we could just look ahead, if we could understand how God might use these trials and how he might use these difficulties, we might gladly look at them and say, I would be glad to go through those things for the cause of Christ and for what God is doing in our life. And my mother-in-law, she had no idea. She had no idea the impact that she was making on me as I watched her faithfully trust Christ in the midst of cancer, as I watched her die and, and trust in him to the very end. Faithful unto death. And I wonder for all of us, what is it that has us chained in these moments? Who is it? that God has us chained to people that are around us that we might proclaim the good news of the gospel. You know, this week I checked on uh, one of our families that had been going through a really difficult time. And as I walked into their home, uh, there was a lady there that had been uh, placed to, to kind of help them a couple of days, three days a week for about three hours a day. And as I was visiting with them, they were praising and saying, you know, we're so glad uh, that they were able to bring her here. And, and she comes and she helps me with some cleaning and she helps me with some of these things and as I watched them interact and, and as we prayed together and as they loved on her I thought you know what uh, in in their mind this lady has been sent to be a blessing to them but as I was watching them testify of the faithfulness of God as they're walking through difficult times and they're saying you know what even in this God's got a plan and we're trusting in God and he's faithful I said you know what uh, here's a perfect example of somebody that thinks uh, maybe that because of their circumstances she's there to help them but, but I want to tell you that God was using those circumstances, I believe, to be a blessing to her. And we see God working in those ways. God's faithful and he is working in all things. The scripture would tell us that all things work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, here's the problem. We don't get to choose the trials that we face. We, now, sure, there are decisions that we make. We, we do things that have results and we can find ourselves, uh, you know, difficult situations based on our circumstances or decisions that we make. But many times when trials come, the difficult circumstances come, job losses and sickness and problems come at us, and many times they are out of our control. And while those things are out of our control, we can trust in a God who is faithful in the midst of those. And our response to those circumstances, they are in our control. We can be in those places and we can say, God, I'm struggling in this, and this is not good. These circumstances are not good, but God, you are good. And I'm trusting you in the midst of these difficult times that you would use these things for your glory. God, that, that you wouldn't waste these things. And the Apostle Paul would, would, would write in 2 Corinthians 4, he would say that this momentary light affliction, and by the way, in light of eternity, see, Paul had an eternal perspective, and he understood that the gospel was going forth, and the gospel was producing an eternal weight of glory, something 
something greater and bigger and, and better than we could ever imagine. And he says this momentary light affliction, he says those things that you walk through in this life in light of eternity are momentary and light compared to all that God has for us. And he says these momentary light afflictions that they're working a far exceeding weight of glory in the eternal. And he says, so if you're weary this morning and if you're walking through the most difficult times and if that's where you find yourself this morning, the apostle Paul would write to that church at Corinth and he would say, do not lose heart because even though the outer man is perishing, even though we're, we're wasting away, even though there's difficulty, the inner man is being renewed day by day. And that joy that comes from within, that's what we're seeing in Paul's life. It's joy that exists in the midst of sorrow. It's joy that exists in the midst of difficult times. It's joy that says, God, these circumstances are not good, but you are good. And I trust in your faithfulness. And what we see, it impacts those that we're connected to, and it impacts those that hear about your testimony through it. Verse 14, it says, and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the word of God without fear. They see God working in the midst of Paul's imprisonment. And it says, these people, they have more courage to speak the word of God without fear. There's courage is contagious. Did you know that? And we see that courage is contagious. They see Paul's life. We, we, we read of Paul in this, and it should, it should embolden us, right? We should, be, uh, we should be strengthened by that. Courage is contagious. We, we, we hear and we are reminded of examples of God's faithfulness, and because of those examples, we should be emboldened. You know, when we sing that song, I've witnessed your faithfulness. Listen, the, when you look at your life and you look at the track record of our mighty God, he is faithful. We have witnessed his faithfulness. And, and this faithfulness is not a faithfulness that is just seen uh, in these moments where everything goes our way. But it is a faithfulness no matter what we face that, that, that he is with us. Right? I think about those Hebrew children right, as they were cast into the fiery furnace. Now they had uh, this trust in the faithfulness of their God. And they were cast into the furnace because they would not bow down. Right? They're standing for Christ. They are, they are being placed in there for the cause of Christ. They're being placed in there because they are standing on the word of God. They're standing for him. And if you notice them, they didn't say, hey, uh, our God, they didn't list all these things. This is exactly what God's going to do in all these situations. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell him to do this and it's going to work out. And all these things are there. They walked into those situations and, and they walked into this moment and they said, you know what? Our God is able to deliver us in these moments. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. Even if he doesn't. And, and it's that kind of walk that we have, trusting in a faithful God that says, God, we know that you are able to deliver us from whatever circumstances, to bring healing, to do whatever things in the midst of the places that feel like these chains in our life. But God, even if you don't, I trust you and I know that you are good. And because of the examples of God's faithfulness, we're emboldened because of the advancement of the gospel. We're excited. Look, that's what Paul allows us to see. Verse 15, he said, Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even, even from envy and strife, but also some from goodwill. The latter knew it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. You know, in this passage reminds me that the power is not in the proclaimer, but the power is in the gospel. 
The gospel has power in itself. Now, we are, are to live lives, and, and we're going to see Paul in the end part of this chapter to, to call these believers at Philippi to live lives worthy of the gospel. But even when the gospel was being proclaimed uh, with impure motives, what we see is the power of the gospel. In verse 18, he says, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And this, he said, And in this I rejoice. See, the gospel has power in itself. And Paul says there's some that don't have the best motives, that don't have all these things, but Jesus is being proclaimed. The gospel is being proclaimed, and the gospel advances, right? We see this in Paul's life. The gospel advances through joy in adverse circumstances, regardless of the motive. The gospel is going forth, and because Christ is proclaimed, Paul says, I will rejoice. Now, how can we have that perspective? How can we have that perspective that says no matter what we're facing, that we experience this joy? And what we see in this passage is it is the, it is the priority of the gospel in Paul's life. It is the, the centrality of the gospel in the life of the Apostle Paul that produces this joy in the circumstances that he is in. If you read this passage, verse 5, uh, he says, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. In verse 12, he says, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. On down in verse 27, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. We see that, that there's this, this reality that the joy that Paul is experiencing, it is not coming from without, but it is coming from within. And, and this joy that Paul has, it comes in his life, because the gospel is the central thing. The gospel is the main thing. And I wonder in our lives, is the gospel center? Even on a Mother's Day, as we think about the sacrifice that moms make, and we think about all the joy of parenting and all those kind of things. Listen, you are, your primary responsibility as a mom and a dad is to have your lives centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ, that everything about your life might be central in that and that you might not only teach your kids to do all these things that the world would say are important, but that, that your life would be centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever your calling, whatever your profession, wherever you are, it is a gospel centrality that keeps everything else in perspective. Paul would say, this is not easy the circumstances that I'm in are not easy, but God, you are so good. This is hard, God, but I am trusting in you. You know, and we, what are we chained to? What are the difficult circumstances that we are walking to? Could it be possible that our perspective could take us from being chained to something? to allowing the circumstances that we are in to be a chain reaction, that the gospel might go forth, that we might engage, that we might share the good news of who he is, that we might say, God, this is tough, but I pray that you would use my circumstances for your glory. And where do we find that strength? Where do we find strength to walk in that? Because we can't do it in our own strength. And ultimately, I believe it comes from recognizing that if we got what was just and fair. If we truly received that, what we would understand is that we would be separated from God forever without hope. But Jesus, 
He took on all of our chains, all of our sin, the just punishment that we deserved, the very wrath of God that, that we deserved. He took all of that upon himself, dying a sinner's death in our place. And the gospel would tell us that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we would, could trust and believe not in anything that we've done, but in the finished work of the cross. And we could turn from our sin, trusting in all that Christ accomplished through the cross. That we could look to that cross and we could believe that what Jesus did on that cross, that it counted for me. That what Jesus did on that cross, that it made a way for me to be forgiven. That it made a way for me to live my life for a much greater purpose. That it, that it would allow me to know that this life is not the end and that one day that we would stand in the very presence of God. How do we find that strength? How do we find strength to walk through the difficult circumstances in our lives? It is in Christ alone. It is Jesus. In Hebrews 12, we would read these words in verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Where do we find that strength? We find that strength by every day, instead of looking at our circumstances and the difficulties that we may walk through in this life, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. These are not surprises that we walk through difficult times in this life. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But he said, you can be of good courage because I have overcome the world. We fix our eyes on Jesus. And notice the next part of that verse. He says, the author and perfecter of our faith. You remember in verse 6 of this chapter, just a, uh, just a week ago, right, we, we read these words that he who began a good work in you, that he will see it through until the day of completion in Christ Jesus. We do not trust. The way that we find strength is not in our faithfulness, but we are confident that God will see us through. We are confident in his faithfulness and that he who began this work in us, we look to him, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And the scripture says that for the joy set before him, that for the joy that was set before Jesus, the reality of his return in the eternal fellowship of the father, that he would look and know that salvation's plan would be complete, that the redemption plan of God would be complete. And for the joy that was set before him, that he endured the cross, despising the and is seated at the right hand of the Father. The work is done, and we rest in the work that Jesus has done, and we fix our eyes on him, and our confidence to get through the difficult times is not in ourselves, but in him, in the one who loved us and gave himself for us, for the joy that is set before us. We find strength for every moment. We find strength for the journey. We find strength for the circumstances of our lives. And as we, as we just think about all that God has for us, all that has been accomplished through the cross, all that has been accomplished through the gospel, we rest in Christ. And our lives are centered on the gospel. And when they are, everything changes. I want to pray for us this morning, and we're going to worship our great God. Before I do, maybe you're here this morning and in the midst of just the difficult circumstances. I don't know every story of what is going on in the midst of lives in this room, but I do know that in the midst of life that there's difficulty. And it's my prayer this morning that no matter what our circumstances, no matter what 
things that we're walking through that we could fix our eyes on Jesus and in him that we could find strength in these moments, that we could rest and be confident that if we are in him, if there's been a time in our life where uh, we've been saved by the grace of God, that we've turned from our sin in, in repentance and faith, trusting in, in Christ alone and what Jesus has done alone, that we can have confidence in these moments knowing that he is with us and he who began a good work in us, that he will see it through until the day of completion, that we are not home yet, that the work is finished. And one day we'll stand in his presence. And there'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more heartache. And may the joy that is set before us, just the confidence that we have in knowing that, the confidence in the work of the cross, may it give us hope and strength in these moments. If there's anyone here that doesn't know Christ, that's never repented of their sin and just surrendered their life to him, maybe that this morning you sense the Holy Spirit convicting your heart, just this piercing of your heart. You just respond and surrender. Say, God, I love you. I trust you. My life is yours. I surrender all. Father, I pray that you would have your will and way in every life, God. I pray that those that are just walking through difficult times, God, that they would find rest in you. God, that they would experience as Paul that your grace is sufficient even in these moments. Just recognizing, Lord, that these things are, are hard. And these things are not good, but God, you are. And Lord, we trust you. We love you. And we know that you love us. Father, have your will and way in every life. And Lord, may we be a people who experience joy from the inside out. A joy that this world cannot squash or or that even sorrow cannot take away. A joy that can exist at the same time there's grief. A joy that can exist in the midst of suffering and hard times. A joy that comes only from you. And Lord, may you use every one of our lives to see the gospel go forth with power. Places maybe that we would never dream of it going. Impact that we may not know this side of eternity. But Lord, help us be faithful. God, we've witnessed it. We know you are faithful, Lord, so God help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand this morning?